0: Right. Good morning. Just a, uh, a a quick note about the Hoving Home. Don't forget to give. Um, but if you would like to go to a really good barbecue, right? July thirtieth at Oxford, six o'clock, six p.m. Uh, you can uh, see Chelsea there. I guess she's running that thing. I don't know. Um, but uh, it's a great place. Great way to see the campus. See what they're doing. Um, and you'll have some good food. So you can ask them about that um, after service. Well, we've begun our series in Philippians. We've seen that Paul has shown us that we need to be a servant. We need to be a saint, that grace and peace is ours in Christ Jesus. We saw all about his prayer, that he prays with his rem- all, in all remembrance. He prays with joy. We've seen his the partnership that they've had in the gospel of this church in Philippi was with Paul from day one in his imprisonment, even up to the present day. They were partners together. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a social club. They were fully committed. They were all in, in concerning God's kingdom and what God was doing. Paul, without a doubt, stands out among all people in the Bible, other than Jesus Christ, of course. Paul, it would seem to us, was a man who was singularly focused. His passion was the kingdom of God. If you remember when um, Paul was met by the Lord on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, he was struck blind. he was in a house on a, straight, on a street called Straight and um, <clears throat> God told Ananias, a prophet, to go and to lay hands on Paul so that he would be healed. And remember, Ananias like, whoa, Lord. I love it, right? Uh, uh, Lord, do you know who he is? <laughs> like, you know, like how, how often do we inform God of things that he already knows? Um, and he says, of course I know who he is. And God said this to Ananias, he says, he is my chosen servant, Acts 9, 16, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Now, I don't know about you, but maybe Ananias to a degree, because he knew that Paul was killing Christians, he was on his way to go persecute Christians. Maybe there was something in Ananias that went, oh, good. I hope not. Paul knew that this was his calling by the Lord. He was to suffer for the sake of the gospel. When he was leaving the church in Ephesus, when he was gathered with the the elders from Ephesus, and and they were praying and they were weeping because he says, I know I'm going to go up to Jerusalem. He says this in Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 22. He says, and now behold, I am going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and inflictions, afflictions await me. Well, what a great calling from God. Paul said this was God's calling for me. And he was consumed with this calling to go and to build God's kingdom. Paul tells us in, 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 in Corinthians that he knows a man, whether in the body or out of the body, who was caught up to the third heaven. Now, there's debate. Was it Paul? Was he talking about somebody else? But most scholars agree. Historically, it's that Paul was talking about himself. And, and he says that things were revealed to him there that he had never known before. That... Really, no person has known before. Matter of fact, it was that revelation that caused the spirit, uh, uh, caused him to have a a thorn in the flesh to keep him humble. And I believe it was there at that time in heaven that that Jesus sat and spoke with Paul. That's just my personal belief. Remember, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says, I give to you concerning communion what I received from the Lord. I believe that was the time. I also, I mean, I, in my mind, I look at it this way. Like here's Paul and Jesus in heaven communing, and, and and Jesus is explaining who he is, my purpose, what I'm doing, my purpose for you. Just like he did to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. He began with, the, with Moses and all the way through the Psalms and the prophets explained to them his purpose. And I believe it was also there that The Lord told Paul, I'm building a church, and you are a vital part of it. Remember what Jesus said to Peter when Jesus asked in Matthew chapter 16, who do people say that I am? Some say this, some say that, some say this, some say that. He says, no, no. Who do you? Who do you? What is your settled belief about me? And there's the disciples. And then Peter, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And it's at that that Jesus says this. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. On the statement that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living of the living God. is the foundation of the church. We're going to learn today and see today that Christ is building His church. Christ is building His church. I'd ask you to turn in your Bibles or on your phones or your tablets. Just don't go to Facebook or Instagram. Stand with me as we would read from God's most holy word. Philippians chapter 1 verses 1 to 16. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel for God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and discernment so that you may be able you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become more confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, But others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. We'll see today the report, the reaction, and the rejoicing. And just full disclosure, I stole that from the Outline Bible. Not mine today. The report. Paul gives a report to the church at Philippi. They had been supporting him, caring for him while he was in jail. Where was he in jail? Was it in Rome? Was it in Caesarea? Most scholars say Rome. We'll go with what history has been telling us. It doesn't really matter. But the report is this. He says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. We're not going to go into what has happened to Paul. You can read that for yourself in Acts chapter 20, verse 17, all the way to the end of the book of Acts. That the hell's all that has happened. But what has happened? Paul is chained in jail with Roman guards. He's in jail For the gospel of Jesus Christ. And now why we would look at that and we would say, man, what a bad turn of events. Paul says, I want you to know what has happened has advanced the gospel. He's letting them know that it's not about me. He is concerned about the advance. Of the gospel. The word advance is procope. It means to change one's state for the better by advancing and making progress. Paul's only concern in life was the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul cared more about the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of proclaiming this this is the message that Christ came into the world to reconcile sinners to himself. Paul was preoccupied with that and with absolutely nothing else. Nothing distracted him. He would not allow himself to be distracted. Paul says this in Acts chapter 20, in speaking with the elders of Ephesus, he says this, but that I I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. What kind of weirdo is this guy? Isn't he with the times? It's all about you, man. It's all about me. No, Paul says, "I do not account my life as any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. See, Paul knew his purpose. He knew why he existed, and it drove him. That I may finish the course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul tells the church in Corinth this in 1 Corinthians 2:20 in, in 2.2, sorry, I have decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul knew a lot. Paul was an intelligent man, a brilliant man, actually. He says, I'm going to know only this, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Later on in the book of Philippians, Paul writes this in chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. He goes, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. And count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and to be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. See how passionate Paul was. He says, I don't count whatever I've gained. Paul had everything that the Jewish world could offer him. He, in another book, he lists his accomplishments. He says, I have to do this. I'm foolish to do it, but because of your heart, I'm going to explain to you, this is what I was. A Pharisee of the Pharisees of the tribe of Benjamin, boom, boom, boom. And he enlisted all. I got this degree and I know this and no, oh, As works of the law, perfect, all this. You couldn't touch me if you wanted to. But it's all garbage to me. He says, I count them as rubbish. The word rubbish is skybalon literally means dung, excrement, manure. That's how he valued his former life. This was a man who was committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to the building of his kingdom. Paul did not consider his life to be his own. He says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Paul says, I want you to know, That what has happened to me, me being dragged off the prison, me being chained in a Roman prison cell, which I'm sure was not luxurious in any way, shape, or form, was he given freedoms by the grace of God? Yes, he was. He was allowed to have visitors come, but he wasn't allowed to come and go when he wanted. He was chained to a Roman soldier, right? Captive audience for Paul, that's how he viewed it. He says, my imprisonment has advanced the gospel. He's excited about this. He's excited that his imprisonment is a a conduit for the advancement of the gospel. We have to ask ourselves, are we letting the gospel advance through our circumstances? That whatever happens to me, do I turn it around and make it about me? Or do I view this as an opportunity for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Not just in evangelism, but do I have it, use it as an advancement of the gospel that I realize that this is an opportunity which God is going to teach me something. God is going to show me what it means to be like Him. That God is going to show me, perhaps, that I'm going to suffer, but I want to be like Jesus and I don't want to open my mouth. That I'm going to give thanks to God through this because God is disciplining me because He loves me as His child. Are we letting the gospel advance in our circumstances? It's very easy to be joyful when there's money in the bank and there's gas in the tank and food on the table, right? Hallelujah, good times are here. But what happens when God says, you're going to go through a famine? You're going to go through a time of testing. You're going to go through a time of suffering. Will we have the same response that what matters is the gospel of Jesus Christ, advancing in me personally and advancing in those around me? Paul was consumed with the advancement of the kingdom. Paul knew that Christ was building his kingdom, and that was his priority, priority number one. His only priority was the advancement of the gospel, of Christ building his kingdom. Remember, in our study of Hebrews... How long ago now? Quite a few few years ago now Uh, in our study of Hebrews. In the middle of Hebrews in chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews says this. He says in Hebrews 10, 32 to 35, he says, But recall the former days when you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. Since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one, therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. Are you in the midst of suffering right now? Is it wrong to ask God to take it away? No, absolutely not. You'd probably be foolish to not ask God to take it away. But what if God has a time of prolonged Suffering for you? What if there's financial hardship you're going to go through? Well, we all are, aren't we? I mean, just try to fill up your gas tank. What is it you may be going through? The Bible tells us don't throw away your confidence. Don't let hard circumstances of life, the trials and the tribulations of life, come. In this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have somewhat conquered the world. No, I have overcome the world. And our adversary, who comes after us like a roaring lion, is already defeated. I would commend to you to listen to Alistair Begg Begg this week, and he's talking about spiritual warfare. Of course, Alistair Begg, always great, right? It's just always great. But our enemy is already defeated. He has no power. He has power? Yes, but he doesn't have power. He has teeth? Not really. It may seem like he does, but he doesn't. Our greatest foe has already been defeated. Death has been defeated. That's when death was defeated. And my life began. We sang it today. Do we really believe that when the trials of life come? This is an opportunity for me to die to myself all the more. I'll be honest. It's not the first thing I think of. Hey, you got to be kidding me. And think about the things that get us upset, right? Again, I guess I, am, I have to be the absolute worst person in the church. The blinking light at the checkout. Oh, my God! You know? No, it's an opportunity for me to grow, Right? Don't throw away your confidence, which has great reward. Why? Because Christ is building his church. and You, if your child, his child, are part of God building his kingdom. You play a vital part. He may not be the top guy. He may not be the middle. You may be at the bottom. But if there's no bottom, there can be no top. Paul is excited about this, and he's trying to tell them, I want you to be excited that God's kingdom is being built. He goes, here's the reaction. Here's what has happened. The gospel is being advanced. How? Verse 13. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Paul is letting him know the imperial guard, Caesar's personal guard. Well, I, well, I, well, I, well, If you like Star Wars, which I like Star Wars, the Imperial Guard—the guys in red that you know guarded Darth Vader, right? I mean, I guess it's you know you know what I'm saying. If you're seeing it, it's like the elite force. These guys who are in charge of the prison and are protecting siege says they all know it's because of Christ that I'm here, and that had to be staggering to them because they had people in there who were thieves. Murderers, uh, doing you know, seeking to up overthrow Rome. I mean, what a futile task that was. That this wasn't the normal kind of prisoner. So, when they came in shifts, and the next guy got chained to, hey, what are you in here for? Oh, because of Jesus Christ. Wait, what? First of all, who is that, and what's that about? See how it worked. And they're going, wait, this guy's done nothing. This, I don't understand. What this, this guy's here for religious reasons? Loved ones, make no mistake about it. It is soon coming to America. Make no mistake about it. Brothers and sisters around the world are in prison and suffering for Jesus Christ. Paul says, "The whole imperial Guard what 's it tell you about how Paul viewed the circumstance i 'm going to let everybody know why i 'm here i 'm here because of Jesus Christ, not because he wants to, i'm an innocent man and I no, because he wants them to know about Jesus Christ. He was concerned with building the kingdom. Paul. Writing to Timothy says this in 2 Timothy 2, 8 and 9. It says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as I I preach in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Paul says, I'm bound. I'm in chains. I have no freedom. I can't get up and go wherever I want. But you know what? The word of God, it's not bound. The gates of hell cannot bind the word of God. Jesus tells us this. Then he, Jesus said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and pestilence and there will be terror and great signs from heaven. But before all this... They will lay hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. You're going to be arrested. You're going to be on trial. You're going to go before kings and governors. And then Jesus says, verse 13, this will be your opportunity to witness. What? What? Wait, I, 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 don't, I don't actually want to go through those to get to the opportunity. Can't I just witness now? No. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it, therefore, in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered even up by your parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of them they and some of them will they will put you to death. You will be hated for my name's sake, but not a hair on your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. What's Jesus telling us there? That when you're called to give an account for the gospel of Jesus Christ, he's not saying don't think about it. Don't say, what am I going to say? What am I going to do here? What he's telling us, when you read between the lines, what you see is, settle it in your minds now that I'm going to so fill myself with the Word of God, that I'm going to so fill myself with meditation and prayer that when the moment comes, I don't have to think about what to say because it's going to come out of me because I've put it within me. It says, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. Loved ones, as I've said many times, if we're going to shy away from telling a neighbor about Jesus Christ because we're afraid of what they think about us, what's going to happen on the great day when we're called to give an account before the Lord Jesus Christ himself? And then Paul says this, and most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the word without fear. He goes, not only does all of the imperial guard know about why I'm here and know about Jesus Christ, but others are seeing it, presumably brothers in Rome, brothers in Rome are seeing what is happening to me and how the gospel is being advanced and they're becoming bold in preaching the gospel. He says, this is is like a win-win right now. Bold means tomao, to be so bold as to challenge or defy possible danger or opposition to dare. They were willing to stand up and speak the truth to a pagan culture. They were willing to stand up and to say, you know what? Jesus Christ is Lord, not Caesar. Which, in Roman world, off with your head. You don't say that. No, Caesar's Lord. No, Jesus Christ is Lord. Paul says people are becoming bold in preaching the gospel. He wasn't consumed with the fact that he was in prison. He was rejoicing in the fact that the gospel was advancing because of what God allowed to happen to him. What an amazing way to live. How free was Paul in a Roman prison? He was freer than anybody else in that place. Paul goes on to say this. He says, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ, out of self of ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. G. Hansen writes this in his commentary. The advancement of the message, not the advancement of Paul, is the source of Paul's joy. But what does Paul say? This this is is kind of a weird... (laughs) I don't mean weird, but you know, it's like kind of maybe a hard to understand passage. What does he mean by the fact that some are preaching it out of rivalry? Some are seeking to hurt me. He says, but yet in this I will rejoice. We'll see that in a minute. Paul didn't care about the motives of why people were preaching as long as they were preaching the truth. You know, it really matters. you've heard me say it again, I'll be a broker because I'll continue to say it because the Bible says it over. It really matters who you listen to. It really matters what music you listen to. But if it's Christian music, is it telling truth about Jesus Christ? Is that minister on the radio, on television, speaking the truth About Jesus Christ. Well, how would we know? Just because they say it, so I agree with them. I, I, I like what they say, it appeals to me emotionally. Worst way to judge any kind of preaching. Worst way to judge anything in life, really. No. Does what they say accord with what Scripture says? Paul says these people who are against me, they're speaking the truth about Jesus. I'm content with that. I'm not going to make an issue out of them because it's not about them, it's about the message. It's about Christ building his church. Remember what John said concerning Jesus in John 30, 3:30. He must increase, but I must decrease. Paul said, I have rejoicing. I am rejoicing in what is happening. He goes, what then? Some are preaching it out of envy and rivalry, seeking to want to harm me. You know, they're using it as an opportunity." Oh, Paul's out of the picture. I can jump in. This is a launching pad for me, right? I can advance myself within the church. And don't think there's not preachers who do that. There are many preachers who commit to a church just as a launching point to something bigger. That's a horrible way to approach a church. Imagine doing that to a group of people who invite you in, who accept you, say, we want you to be our pastor, and all the while in their heart, they're going, I'm just using you. And then they're out of there. And there's a devastated church behind. You know That makes God mad. (laughs) That ticks God off. By the way, I'm leaving next week. No, I'm kidding you. (laughs) Not true. I'm teasing. I had to add a little levity to it. Some of you might have been happy there. Not everybody laughed. I noticed that. Some them, I didn't hear any thank gods, though. So uh, don't say it if you don't say it. If just, just tell me privately. Paul says, so some are doing it out of envy. They want to build themselves and know that they hurt me. I don't know how Paul could be hurt because he's excited that the gospel... So what the very thing they want to accomplish, they can't even accomplish because Paul's excited because the gospel's being preached. So who cares? You want to be a jerk? Be a jerk. Jesus is going to use his word. If it's the word of Christ, it's going to go forth and do what it's supposed to do. Paul says what then? Only in every way, whether in pretense or in truth... Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. G. Hansen again says Paul's focus on Christ made him an expert at reframing his experience so that the negative became a positive. Boy, how often do we do that? Oh, poor me. I can't believe it. Why doesn't God, why does this always happen to me? Why does it always happen to you? Well, maybe you keep doing the same thing you're not supposed to be doing. Stop what you're doing and then it won't happen anymore. That's a a possibility, right? Paul said, you know what? There's some jerks out there, but they're preaching truth. Praise God they're preaching truth. You know what? And the ones who love me, who love Jesus and care about the advancement of the gospel, they're preaching, you know what? They're going to have really successful ministries because their heart is right. But either way, the message is the same and that I rejoice. What does that do for us in the church, where we have doctrinal differences? Where do we say we can't be together anymore? Truth be known. I've said it before. I have some disagreements with the official doctrine of the hoving home. But yet here they are. Why? Because the core, Jesus Christ is Lord, that's what matters. The other stuff is peripheral. We can work our way through that. But it should never be a cause for us to say, I can't talk to you. Oh, no, I don't like that. Oh, you know. I think we need to become more, in the church, we need to become less tolerant. I get it of doctrine. But we also, as we see persecution coming and the church, God's going to bring his own together. And if I have a different view on gifts, that's fine. Who cares? Are we together on who Jesus Christ is and how somebody is saved and that he alone can transform a life? Yeah, let's work through the other stuff. Those aren't hills to die in. Some may disagree with me. I know I'm going to have people come up to me. Oh, I don't know about that. If Christ is truly being preached in the gospel of how people come, I think that, that is the basis to stand on. If Christ is being preached truly in a song. Now, let me give you an example. I would never, never recommend anybody go to a Hillsong church. Never. Would be, I, I would do you an injustice. Now, some people go, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. Well, I got a lot of good reason for that. But we're going to close our song with a Hillsong church. We're going to close our song, our service, with a Hillsong song. Why? Because the content of that song is true. You understand what I'm saying? We need to be maybe a little bit more gracious. I used to be the, no way, man. I, I came from charismatic holiness Pentecostal all the way to super hyper Calvinist and somehow come in the middle. And you know what? I thank God for these experiences and I thank God for these experiences. And I want to try to have some sort of balance. And that's why I will gladly partner with the Hoving Home. Because it's not about those things, it's about what Jesus does. And Jesus alone transforms lives. If we can't partner on that, I don't know. I might have just lost myself a job here. I don't think so, though. (laughs) Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We need to rejoice when Christ is proclaimed. We need to be caring that God's kingdom is advanced no matter what is going on in my life, no matter what is happening, to know that God's circumstances, what He's using, is going to advance the kingdom because you know what? People are watching. They'll see how you react. Oh, you're going through a time of suffering? Oh, you, you, you that Jesus guy? Huh. Let's, let's see how they treat Jesus now. Don't think the world is not watching. You don't think those Roman guards were, were just stupefied by, by the fact that how is this guy acting like this? Why is this guy serving us? Why is this guy doing what? He's in jail. He's the prisoner. And yet because Paul was focused on the advancement of the gospel, he reacted in a very different way. And what, was the, what, was the, what happened? The gospel was advanced. The gospel went forth. I count my life as nothing. If only I may finish the course and complete the ministry that Jesus Christ gave to me. Here's a starting point for us. Do we know our course? Do we know the ministry that God has called us to? Are we even working at it? Are we seeking to fulfill it? If you have no hope, if you have no purpose, you're going to have no hope. Without a vision, the people perish. Where are we when suffering comes our way? Are we excited? Are we going to rejoice in God? As it says in Habakkuk 3, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vine, the produce of the the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, and the flock be cut off from the fold, and there'll be no herds in the stalls. Now for an agrarian society, everything's gone. Right? Living off the land society, now everything is gone. There's nothing. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength and he makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. We really we clap it now and we say it now but when the rubber hits the road what are we doing? What am I doing? we see it as an advancement of the gospel? Are we preoccupied with the advancement of God's kingdom? I think now more than ever, maybe. Well, I don't know. I wasn't alive in Jesus' time. Jesus said, look, the fields, they're ripe for harvest. How much more now? In a world where people are seeking after truth, they, they, they have to realize the world is upside down. You know, we live in a world where two plus two is not four anymore. It's I'm telling John am I correct? He's a math teacher. He'll tell you that's what the 2 and 2s. No, it's only if you it could be 5. How do you know it's 4? You know what? Once they start applying that standard to the building of houses and cars and things like that, we're in trouble. We live in a world where your gender pff, who cares? You can be a world that is confused, a world that is based on emotions, and people are longing for something solid. People are longing for truth. We have the truth. God has made us possessors of His truth, we are His ambassadors. We are to go and also declare the message that Christ is reconciling the world to Himself. Not only going out and tell us God presents opportunities, but in how we live our daily life. Do I believe that God is running the show? Do I care that I want to see the kingdom advanced? I'll end with this. The servant and saint of Christ Jesus is to be preoccupied with the building of Christ's kingdom in their everyday lives. Everyday life. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Your everyday life should be preoccupied with the building of Christ's kingdom. Whether in my personal choices, evangelism, the whole Christian life is what we mean by building Christ's kingdom. But understand this. Those who choose to build their own kingdom may succeed in this world, but their kingdom will lay in ashes at the feet of Jesus when He returns. There is only one kingdom that will last, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is calling us all the more. And I am thankful to be part of a church that says we are kingdom people and we want to see the kingdom advance. And we're praying that next week in VBS, in those little kids' hearts, and the parents that will come to the, to the adult part, that the kingdom will be advanced. In other words, why are we doing it? I'm thankful for you, church. But you know what? We can always ratchet it up. <coughs> Redeem the time. Make the best use of the time. The days are evil. And we do it because of what we see in front of us right now. That Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That Jesus Christ gave Himself. And when Jesus was on the cross, and when Jesus said, It is finished, or He said, In your Father, in your hands, I commit my spirit, it is finished. He took the devil. And everything that stood against us, He nailed it to the cross. We are victorious from day one. We're not in a battle that's going to lose. We do it because of Christ and what He's done for us. Father, we thank You that Your kingdom is advancing. We thank You that Your kingdom will stand. Lord, I think of Daniel chapter 4 where the statue was seen with the head of gold, of silver, and bronze, and clay, and iron. And it says that a little stone was cut out of a mountain, and it grew, and it grew, and it smashed the kingdoms of this world. And that little stone filled the whole world. The kingdom of Christ rules over all kingdoms. Father, forgive us for not being kingdom people when we need to be. Help us, Lord God, to be kingdom-minded so that you would be glorified and so that ours, those in our family, Lord, we pray, who do not know you would see our manner of life, would see the words with which we speak, and they would come to the living Christ, that our neighbors would come to the living Christ. Father, you promised you would build your church Please, God, build your church through us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, as we receive communion, as the elders and deacons come forward, we know it's the Lord's table. He paid for it. It's not our table. You don't have to be a member to partake of this table. You need to be a member of God's